What's it about? And uh, a lot comes with it, and uh, it's really exciting and can be really challenging for others. A lot happens during the moment of Christmas. You know, maybe a loved one did pass away, and and you're not necessarily going to be with them this year as you have been in the past. That's a challenge. That's that's huge. And, um, you know, maybe it's a financial challenge challenge you know uh, you're, you're a parent and we've if you're a parent like I myself we've all been there and uh, seems to be a lot of pressure from that to provide Christmas morning and maybe maybe your job fell through uh, you know wherever you are within that and I know also when it comes to um, <clears throat> maybe crowd control you know you know get a little bit more on the fleshy side that that man's a pain in the rear as well I know yesterday I was up at the uh, Shores location just early in the morning traveling around Kitty Hawk Village and uh, Southern Shores and just going through the neighborhoods and and I pulled into uh, Starbucks and uh, let me just tell you now, that would be a great place to have a church right there in... Imagine that, right beside Starbucks, man. We'd be in heaven. Yeah, we would. It'd be great. Praise and worship would be phenomenal there. Everybody would be jacked up the whole time you're together. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and I was looking at some buildings there too. There's three great spaces right there. I don't know what God's going to do. He's got a lot going on for us up there. There's some people that need us to come, and uh, so we're just planting seed and getting the ground ready, and we'll see where we end up here before Jesus comes. We're going to change lives. I do know that in that area. Amen. Right? And uh, just uh, good to see what's happening up there. And, uh, but I walked into Starbucks and uh, just talking about what comes with Christmas, you know, uh, just people, lots of people. And, uh, you know, buying Christmas, I just want to get a cup of coffee and get in, get out. And, um, I mean, they, they got you. You know what I mean? They put all of that stuff around you. <laughs> just go in coffee and food. But no, they put all that stuff around you. Before I walked out, I had bought a coffee cup for my wife. They just got you all figured out when you walk in. It's just Christmas coming. I get it. And uh, I wanted to, I think I'd be a disservice if we didn't at least read the Christmas story and see what happened. You know, a lot happened from a little baby boy that no one really expected what was going to come through him other than it was just prophesied. And then when you see this little baby boy in a manger and, and all the part of the story that goes with it, you know, there, there's no doubt that the majority of the people definitely probably were like, you mean from this? And uh, thank God, from this, we're here today. And so I'm going to just take you and I'm going to we'll go into the Christmas story and then, you know, I'm going to jump forward in the future from that moment. I don't want to stay there very long today because I really want to send you out with a gift. And really today, the title of, if you want a title of this message today, it's called The Gift. And there's a gift inside of every single one of you that can face off with life, that can face off with the, as it comes at you. And when, you know, the, uh, even maybe it's physically, maybe getting up in the morning is a huge challenge for you. There's a gift of power available to you to get up every morning instead of saying, woe is me, and say, come on, let's be me out there in the world. Let's be God. Let's be Christ. Let's be, let's be full of power, full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost and make a difference in wherever you go. And you can do that, my friend. And it all started with a little baby boy. Let's go into our Christmas story. Go to Matthew chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to actually, this is kind of the short version of this. But I think it will bless us. Matthew chapter 1, look at verse 18. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. Noel. 
His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. The child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, Noel. (laughs) And you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Come on now. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Say it with me. God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary to his wife. But he did not have the sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Put yourself in his shoes just for a minute. Let's just camp here for a minute. Put yourself in his shoes. A lot to explain. A lot to explain to people that aren't going to necessarily understand. All you've got is a dream from an angel (laughs) and a pregnant wife, and you don't know how. You know, I'm always cautious of the age group that's in here when it comes to this. But let me just tell you, this ain't normal. And here's Joseph facing off with life. But he's actually, think about how big this is in his life. It's a purpose to change humanity. So he's wrestling back and forth with a choice here. Do I go with God or do I go with people that don't understand? And thank God he chose to go with God. So he had to wrestle with something that we all wrestle with, and that's life in a sense of, of uh, you know, what people say and what people pull and what people want and the way the world works back and forth. And, you know, every one of us can face off with life this week. When all of that comes at you, there is a way. Somebody has done it before you, and somebody has stepped forward just like Joseph and made a decision to make a choice that would affect all of humanity. And this, he didn't have the Bible. We've got the rest of the story when we hear this. He hadn't even heard the rest of the story, and he had to make this choice. It's a big, you just, we can't even go there. We can't even fathom it. But you know, it's interesting that when we think about what started with the baby boy and what started with Jesus and Joseph and Jesus, and we fast forward into the future and we realize what has happened, and, and, and ultimately the death, burial, and the resurrection that took place from Jesus. Let's jump forward to Easter, not just Christmas, but to Easter. And we know, according to the scripture, that the sins of the world were put on the shoulders of Jesus. And he had the opportunity to do the same kind of choice that Joseph did. And that was to go with the way of the world and to go with the, what would have been easier and to go with what would not necessarily be the greatest challenge. But thank God that Jesus did. And so here's what I want to say to you before we even look into the future. Because I don't want to stay here at the baby boy because Jesus didn't stay a baby boy. Jesus became a man just like you and I. He became somebody that had to to feel life physically. He had to deal with the mental emotions that we deal with. He had to deal with the toil back and forth. Do I go with Father or do I go with what would be easier? And he says, I thank God. He, He said, I always will do what my Father tells me to do. 
And so here, listen to me. When, when we come to this place called the altar, per se, of your life, you know, we've made altar religious. We've made it a place like this. The altar of your life is when you come to that place where life has nothing to offer you, but you need something greater than what life is giving. And the only answer to that, but here's what happens. Many times we come to life with... And we, this is what we think we have to offer. A gift, you know, you're, you tell me, Pastor, I've got gifts on the inside of me. You tell me, Pastor, I've got a call. You tell me, Pastor, I've got a purpose. But, but this is what my life looks like on the outside. This is all my mistakes. This is all my hiccups. This is all the places that I've been. And I don't have much more to offer. And, and how could he ever accept this that looks this way? And here's what's happening. We're judging life based upon an outward look instead of what's going on on the inward look of you. There is a power within this gift box here. There's a power. Do you like that? There's a power within this. That if you could learn to look inside this box instead of judging by the outward package of the box, you would see a power available greater than yourself that will take you in the moment when life does not offer what you think it should offer and you'll look at life and offer it a lot more and say, no, 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 I'm more than this right here. Because let me tell you something. Just because we maybe come to Jesus and we feel like we got it all together, you still may look like this tomorrow. Because you're human, you, you make mistakes, you make choices that maybe, maybe, maybe you were Joseph. Maybe you're in the place of Joseph and, and you're not strong enough to make the decision that Joseph made at that moment and you feel like a failure and you still feel like that, man, I, I've done this a thousand times. I, and and you, know, you come this and then all of a sudden, now you feel even smaller than you were when you first came because you've made the same choice, the same decision, the same mistake over and over and over again. And you're like, How? There must not be something in me of power to say no because I keep coming like this. Maybe it's because of the way you're looking at it. And people will do their best, not necessarily with bad hearts, but people with, with, with just because they're people are going to look at this and they will judge you by this and, and actually say this is who you are. But you know what? This is not who you are. Who you are is what's wrapped up inside of the package. We've got to figure out how do I make the choice of going into the package that God says I am so that I come out <laughs> so, so that I see myself that looks like this one. What, what makes me be able to see myself like this and not like this? There's a power within you that will enable you to be able to do that. And maybe by the end of today, we will introduce you to that power. And show you even how to tap into it so that it's always functioning in your life when you don't even think it is. You know, it's, well, we'll get back to the gifts in a minute, but this takes me to a place so we can fast forward from the baby boy story, the Noel story, God with us story. That's powerful right there. Say it with me, God, God. with me. Well, let's fast forward from that one moment of time. Remember, they didn't have the scriptures, but we do. 
We can go forward now into the realm beyond prophecy of what was prophesied and that which where it's actually written down and it becomes something more to where it'll pierce even to the dividing of the sunder of my soul and spirit. The power of this word can get through all of those places that you think you're held up, all of the ugliness of the gift. Let's get forward to the place where we find out how do I begin to take this step to live out this that's pastor you're telling me is inside of me go me to Romans chapter 1 let's start right there this morning man I have flat out enjoyed last night this morning these services because I really believe that, that God is taking coastal into a place in another year to come and you know let me invite you before we look at this let me invite you into something pastor Tiffany did so well with I mean the announcements that's a lot for some one person to do and she did so well at it. But did you hear the part where she said that we're coming up here in mid-January of her annual 21-day prayer and fasting? Yeah. Eat all you can right now. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to make it about the food thing for you. If, if you join on with us with that, many of us do. Thank you for those that do. Uh, I, I do think there's something to be said when you deal with king's stomach and you kind of put king's stomach under. There's a lot more that can come from the moment of fasting. We just invite you to be a part of it. I, but I want you to know really why we do it is ultimately we look at the scriptures that says to give things first to God, give your first to God. And and uh, I've really been challenged more than I ever have to look at this month, this year. I get a lot of opportunities to do a lot of different things in January, and I'm just going to be selfish with this time. Because I don't know about you, but man, just 21 days for the rest of the year, there's, I, I, don't, I need to hear from God. And, and we've got to learn to maybe challenge ourselves like Joseph with a baby boy, like Jesus on a cross that went down and came up, Sometimes we've got to be willing to do a little bit of, and I, and I know Christians, we don't like to hear this. We don't like to hear a little bit. We've got to do a little bit of crucifixion <laughs> to, to, to put mind under control and body under control so that we can hear who the real man is and hear what the real man's wanting to say to us. And I'm just being honest with you as your pastor. It only happens in these moments. You're fooling yourself to think that it doesn't. How do I know that? Because in churches today, we don't like to read a lot of scriptures. You know, I get it. The pastor needs to be good. He needs to be able to interpret and go through all of that and, and help me see it, bring it alive to me, give me an orchestrated uh, visual picture of what's happening, pastor, and just read one and talk about all of the four words in the one and tell me what that's all about because I don't want to do any more work. Work it for me. And, uh, but you know what? That's, that's really dangerous because one scripture, I know most people, no putting down, but most people will only hear that one scripture and come get a second one the next week, and that's it. And you're not going to live that way. You cannot live successful that way. And so to get back to the thought about fasting, I want to tell you that what happens in that moment is I, I, I ask myself, this question keeps coming up in my heart and in who I am. <clears throat> and there's really two sides to it. Why do you think God talks to us in the whisper? And I bounced this question off of my wife the other day and uh, and, and, and she said it's such an amazing side to it that was so, that, that I get it, it but, but there's another side that I was listening for, and, but here's what she said, that because he wants us to lean in more. Well, fasting causes you to lean in more. 
causes you to lean away from the world of expectations and the world and all the world of social media and the things that are out there to lean in. God wants to talk to you. But, but, but can I tell you another side that I think is powerful behind the side of the whisper? Why does God whisper to us? Because I think He wants to get close to you. More than you leaning in, I think He wants to get close to you. And the Scripture calls Him your friend. And I believe he wants to have a friendship with you in such a level. You know, social media today, that's really what it's all about. Especially Facebook is, how many friends can I have? How many people can I get to see me, see what's going on in my life? And I'm not coming against Facebook, Don't, that's not my point. But what are we really trying to get through it? It's the, one of the best communicating vehicles in, that we have today, if it's used right. We communicate through our church, to our church through Facebook. But put all that back into this space. God, wanting to whisper to us. I believe that what happens in the realm of fasting is he challenges you and wants to talk to you about your faith. Why? Romans chapter 1. Look at verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of this good news, Noel, Emmanuel. I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. It will take faith to come looking like this. Everything around you will tell you you can't come to God until you look like this. I'm telling you, you will never look like this if you're always trying to get this right first. And it takes a realm of choice, a realm of choice which is the, other than the power of the Holy Spirit, other than the God himself and you, the greatest power you have available to you in, in this world, in, in your life, is the power of your will of choice. That's what makes you like God. That's what You have a mind, will, and emotions. You have a body, and you have a spirit. And this is what makes you like God. No one can make you do anything. People do, it's because you submit to their due. You don't have to do anything. You don't even have to come to church. Thank God you do. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for being here. But you didn't have to come. Something I'm very much aware of every time I step into this pulpit. You don't have to be here. Honored that you are. But when it comes to living a life of faith, according to the scripture, the Bible says, I'm going to live by faith. Four references, old, three, and the new. Tell me, I have to live by faith. Well, if I'm going to live by it, the word live means I'm going to order and orchestrate my life by this one thing. Order and orchestrate my life by faith. We well, have to see what faith is. Faith is really what you believe. It's what you're persuaded in. I'm persuaded in Noel. I'm persuaded in Emmanuel. I'm persuaded in Jesus Christ. I'm persuaded in the good news. But do you know millions of people are persuaded in what they believe. But do they actually do with something with what they believe? Because it's not faith until you do. Because faith is two-sided. Faith is not real, real faith. Oh, I can't wait till 2018. I want to teach a series on real faith. Because real faith is not real faith until you activate the faith that you believe. 
or what you're persuaded in. It will not produce for you. It will not, you will not see the things you're looking for. This week, Christmas, starting with a baby boy, going to the cross. Now we're living by that cross, what I believe in, will not produce the fruit and the results in your life until you take that faith to the second next level of how it works. Faith works by my confession. When I say, actually, when you look at the word confession in the New Testament, in the scriptures, especially in the epistles, it means to say the same thing that God says. (laughs) So, So think about it. If this is what I come with, but God says this is who I am, and this is who I keep saying who I am, you're not activating your faith in what God says about you, and this is who you will always be. So if I, <laughs> if, if I want to be this... Now, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. I'm type A. If I say, come to the Christmas tree and pick out a gift, whatever one you want, (laughs) come get whatever gift you want, India. Come on. Oh, you go, girl. Don't give me that humble, holier than thou. You're not picking up that one. If you are, we need to punch you because you need that one. (laughs) Let me have my gift back. What gift do you want? You want the best? You want what God says you can have? You want the the body healed, the mind renewed, the spirit secure in heaven. You want prosperity in your life. You want you need I'll tell you what you want. You want to be able to pay for those Christmas gifts that you charged up for Christmas morning to make your kids happy. You want to be able to pay those off by the end of January instead of taking the whole year or two years. Zero percent interest, same as cash. Right? All the adults followed me on that one. Come on. Be honest with yourself. You want a good life. You want good news. You want the life of prospering in your life. And you lie when you say you don't. You want health in your life. If you don't, quit taking medicine. If we don't want health... And we think that if it's God's will for me to be sick and, and to learn something through this, then don't do your best to get well because you're disobedient. If God wants me well, which we know He does, then I've got to get into a place where I can bring that in my life. It's not just by believing in just God. You've got to activate what God says is yours by your belief and activating with the words that you say. <laughs> it's fun. Why do you think the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 10, 23, in case you haven't read it, you can go read it later. Read it in multiple translations. You'll see the same thing. King James simply says, hold fast to your profession of faith. Profession in translation means confession of your faith, of what you believe. Why does he think the scriptures tell you to hold fast? Because everything around you just might say this. 
And I've got to hold fast to saying the same thing that God said. So from baby boy to the cross to the now to what I have written in front of me, I'm living a certain way. I may come looking like this, but now my belief and faith says, go with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read the majority of this this morning, if it's okay with you. Therefore, now that we know that, we've got a little bit of a quick lesson on this. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, Noel, Emmanuel, baby boy, Christmas story, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now should, where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to the sharing of God's glory. Listen, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. But we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Salvation, Greek word sozo, total health. And his hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how we dearly, excuse me, we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Verse 11. So now that I believe from a baby boy, Christmas story, a simple Christmas story, now that I have an understanding, maybe I understand some things about the cross, Easter. I'm forward into the future now. Listen to what the scripture says. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. (laughs) Sorry, that's that's just getting me pretty good this morning. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I said all that to warm you up to this. That's really just kind of introduction. Don't you hate it when a pastor says that? That means, oh, no, we've got another hour to go. No, 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 no. I'm going to steward your time, I promise. I want to be able to let you out in time today to get there to lunch before all the other churches. You can do it. You might be a little bit late today. But listen, seriously. When I read this scripture yesterday morning, it just jumped out off the page at me. There was something that was said to me by the Spirit of God that just, I want, it introduces us into a power that's available, that's wrapped up in the box, that's wrapped up in this, that's, that's free, that's something that if I learn how to activate it by the faith that I just showed you, this will work in a Christmas week of spirit when it's a challenging week that's coming at me. I don't want to make it look like it's going to be a challenging week, but I just want you to know what to do with life. It's interesting, when you read the scripture, I read it out of the New Living, it says this, Now thanks be to God for His gift. Precious beyond telling. Precious beyond telling his indescribable and inexpressible free gift. Let me read it again. Now thanks be to God for this, his gift. Precious beyond telling. His indescribable, inexpressible free gift. Now when I looked at this, and if you study and you find out what's happening in these, this chapter and these chapters in the book of Corinthians, church at Corinth... And if you read forward into chapter 10, 
Before you get to chapter 10, you find out that Paul is encouraging the church at Corinth. He's telling them, look, man, they had just given him an offering that supported him, supported people around him, and really just was beyond something he could ever imagine from a group of people that didn't like him at all. How do we know that? Well, you have to read forward into chapter 10. When you read in chapter 10, after they have just given him this offering, after he just lifts them up and he says, look, this is inexpressible. There's something that enabled you to do this even when you didn't like me. And in chapter 10, here's what happens. They actually come to Paul and tell Paul, basically, that you're a, you're a weasel. A better word would be used with a wimp. They said, you write us all these tough letters, but you're not going to be that person in real, in real life. You can hide behind these letters and be tough with us with these letters, but when you come to us, that's not who you are. And it ticked Paul off. And Paul said, are you kidding me? You want to see the real deal? My letters are light. And I'm coming to you in person, and I'm going to jack you up, and I'm going to share, tell you exactly what's going on in life, because they were one of the sinful church, most sinful churches around. Living in fornication, living in adultery, and just a lot of craziness going on. And Paul says, look, you want to hear the real deal? I'm coming. you got to read the rest of the chapter to see that. But he says all of this after he just told them, look, you guys are amazing. You guys are wonderful. You've given me this great gift. What was it that empowered you to be able to do that when you didn't like me so much? Because it is so indescribable, so inexpressible, because it's not what I feel. It's not what I believe about you. But there was something that made you and enabled you to do it. And I believe with all my heart, if you read back up, you will find out that that gift was something that's wrapped up on the inside of every believer. And if you learn how to tap into it, when something unexplainable comes at you in life, you'll be able to do the same thing the Corinthian church did. You'll be able to do the same thing that Joseph did. You'll be able to do the same thing that Jesus did on a cross. They look past the moment of bad life and look past it and receive the promise that was set before them. What promise is set before you? Good news. You can have good news in the midst of bad news. You can have joy in the midst of a bad day. Because you understand something that's in you so powerful that will enable you to look beyond the moment of of circumstances because you understand something beyond just your belief. It's who you are. You've activated by the things that you say. What is that? Let's move forward and let's find out. Go with me to Romans chapter 5. <clears throat> you know, when I was uh, about 12 or 13 years old, there was this gift that I really wanted. I had wanted it, I mean, I have wanted it so bad that, that uh, I was an only child, and I don't know about you, but uh, how you were raised, but I was raised to believe in Santa Claus. Uh, you know, and, and uh, I still believe in Santa Claus for the younger kids in here right now. And I believe in the spirit of Santa Claus. I don't know how you were, but listen to me. I was raised differently in a sense that it was something that made life very very exciting for me, and I'm not ruined because of it. But I, in my family, you had an opportunity to believe or ask Santa Claus for one or two big gifts. And then all the other gifts kind of surrounded the tree. And, and this one year, I, 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 wanted a, uh, I wanted a gun. I told you last week that I'd wanted a motorcycle, oh, and I never really got that. Uh, he, he, Santa Claus just never came through on that one. Um, somebody did give me one at one time. The seat was falling off of it, but, but 
that wasn't Santa Claus to me. <laughs> uh, but I wanted, there was this gun that I wanted. It was a Remington Model 1100, uh, cherry stock, etchings all over it, and something that I wanted you know, pretty bad. I mean, I had a couple other guns. I had a gun, a Fox Savage, that double barrel 410 that was given to me. That was my dad's when uh, he was 12. He was 12 and he gave it to me. And so it's, I've still had that gun. But this is something I wanted. I mean, it was, I was expecting it pretty much. So I got up one Christmas morning. I walk out there and I get to the tree. And, and, you know, I'm looking at all the gifts around the tree. And they're all about that size. And I'm going, there ain't no gun here. And so as I was looking for it and I didn't see it there, I still was convinced that it was mine. I still was convinced that I could have it. I was still convinced that it was coming to the point that I ignored all of that. And then I get to my stocking and uh, I go into that. And I don't know about you, but my mom was kind of weird with stocking. She put toothbrushes and, and shaving cream and all those kinds of things. I didn't even have a whole lot to shave back then, but that's what she put in it. Uh, oranges at the bottom. I'm like, Come on, what am I going to do with an orange? Put all of that in there. <clears throat> And uh, I tried to get my wife to do that, but no. I mean, I'm like, come on, put a diamond ring in the bottom of that thing. No. But there was a little note in there. And in that note, it was like all of a sudden my Santa Claus sent me off on a scavenger hunt. And you think at 13 years old you would have, come on, do we really have to do this? Just tell me where this thing is. But no, man, I was willing to press through. I was willing to go on and to search around and look for this thing that I wanted so bad. It's kind of what Jesus did for you. I went all over. They led me all the way through the house, all the way outside into the woods, and found a piece of paper about that big in the woods, and led me all the way back, and the thing was underneath the couch the whole time. <laughs> really? And I got it. It's a blessing. But two things. Jesus did the same thing for you. He went all over to the place, all the way down to the place, all the way down to hell, all the way up from the cross to hell to heaven to set you free so that you can present yourself looking just like this. To where it became, and, and then, can I tell you, that, that gun was sweet, man. I gave it away not long after that. You know, I've, I've always rotated guns. I get them, I give them, I get them, I give them. But you know, I wonder if we really understand how much God loves us. How much he wants to be your friend. How much he wants to whisper. How much he wants to be God with us, Emmanuel. How much he wants to understand from a simple little baby boy that was prophesied thousands, a thousand years earlier to the cross. Do we really know what that means? It's inexpressible. It's inexplainable. It's almost undescribable what it could be for us. Just like this thing that you have available to you to live life by. Romans chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. But even greater is God's wonderful grace, his gift of forgiveness to many through other, other man, this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of this one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God though we are guilty of many sins. Romans 6, 14. Sin no longer has to be my master. Sin no longer is my master. I no longer live under the requirements of this law. Instead, I live under... Instead, I live under the freedom of God's grace. 
Romans 5, 3 and 5 again. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. Verse 5, because this hope will not lead to disappointment. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. God saved you by grace when you believed. You can't take credit. It is a gift from God. Verse 10, the scripture says that you are God's masterpiece. A lot went into creating who you are, my friend. And I want to challenge you that the gift that's been given to you is exactly what's wrapped up in this box right here. Thomas, I want you to come take this, open it up, and show them what's on the inside. Because it's free, it belongs to you, and it is the power and the ability of God that you have an unlimited supply of. It's called the grace of God. The grace of God looks like love. And the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in your heart to an abundant full supply. You have enough supply of this grace available to you no matter how challenging life can come. If this is who you think you are, there's enough grace in to transform you into being this is who you are. If you'll take the opportunity to activate, thank you, Thomas, you can put it back in there. If you take the opportunity to activate this faith in the God that loves you so much, to activate it by not just by believing, activate it by what he says about you, that you are a masterpiece created. Actually, if you study the word masterpiece, it simply means that a great architect like Michelangelo, leaning upside down, doing all of this, created you every intricate part of your being, and the Bible says he knew every moment of your hair before you were even born. And in the same scripture, Psalm 139, it says he's thinking about you right now. He's thinking about how he can help you not see yourself this way. What can I share with them? What can I tell them? What can I lead them to? What can I whisper in their ear to lead them to this place? And I want to whisper into your ear this morning. It's the simple grace and the ability and the power of God. How do you activate it? What do you do? Pastor, that's easy. You're telling me it's this word, grace? What comes from a simple word called grace? That means nothing to me, Pastor. You don't have a clue what I'm walking in right now. No, sure don't. Don't want to. I didn't create you. I didn't put all the time into you. He did. He wants to be a friend enough to you to take you to where life is, is right now, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. And show you how to tap into the ability that's available every single morning. The moment you roll out of bed. And you put your foot on the ground. Instead of saying, woe is me, I hurt all over you. I can say, thanks be unto God. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice in it. No matter what the world says about me. No matter what, how many mistakes I made last night. Just an hour ago because you just passed out when you got home. And the whisper comes to you the moment you wake up. You're a gift to the world. You're a gift to the Outer Banks. And I'm telling you how to see this gift within you. By faith, you activate the gift that's within you. I could preach to you till I'm blue in the face, but until you say it, it will never manifest itself into your life. You will always see yourself the way everybody else does. Never how God does. 
hold fast to saying what he says about me. The world has trained us, trained us to think it's prideful and uh, disrespectful to say what God says about you. They think you're slapping God when you say, I'm like God. You're not a God, you're like God, created in His likeness and His image, with power and authority of the name backing you up. And that name <laughs> can overcome all principality, power, might, and dominion, anything that tries to subject itself above you in your life. The Bible says you've been given a joint seated with the Father in the name of a baby boy. So it's not just a Christmas story of a little boy that was born into a little manger. It was the beginning of your future that sets you on a course for a purpose that only he can give and make and create in your life. But he's saying, look, how are you going to accept that purpose? Don't just believe me. Start saying what I say about you. And together, because we're better together, we will work this thing out. <laughs> oh, my, 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 my. I got one more scripture. And you are the only group that got it. Because when I walked out, I got it into my heart. And I, I can't believe I just didn't... I said it, but I didn't say it. And you guys are going to get it. Come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to show you how to activate what is on the inside of you. How many in here ever made one mistake? That's enough. Thank God, you're not a mistake. But if you continue to believe you are and say, Mom and Daddy didn't do it right, I don't even know who they are, you will continue to be a mistake in your mind. Somebody needs to hear, you're not. <laughs> you are never a mistake in God. The greatest mistake we make is not to believe what He says about us. 2 Corinthians. I got my cheap notes here because, to be honest with you, there ain't a whole lot of light in here, and it's just easier <laughs> to go this route. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 through 10. Each time he said, My grace is all you need, my power works best in your weakness. So now I am glad to boast about. My weakness. Did you see the word boast? Guys, this is not boasting. Boasting has voice to it. Boasting has sound to it. Boasting is acknowledging what God says about you. Boasting is saying that His grace is sufficient for me even in the time of the weakness that I'm walking in. Look at the rest of this and we'll be done. <laughs> That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses, in insults. I take pleasure, excuse me, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We're going to give you an opportunity to activate your faith beyond just believing. I believe with all my heart that you are called to have joy this coming week. Let's don't think about the week after. That's too far ahead. Don't even try to think about 2018. We'll help you when we get there. 
Let's just think about right now. Christmas is enough to think about right now. Come on. How do I go into this Christmas week, season, to where I see this? You have to activate the belief that you have. Is he good or is he not? Is he good or is he not? <laughs> the scripture says, stand up with me. The scripture says, stand up with me. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is your strength. So how do I activate the joy of the Lord that's my strength when I don't have joy out here? <laughs> I have to go in here. How do I do it? We're going to sing this morning together with the group. I'm going to show you how. I'm going to challenge you on the way out. What's the song we're singing? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I knew it was joy something. When you walk out, the scripture says, activate what you believe. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. How much are you full of? Look at somebody and say, you full of it. Now look at somebody and say, no, you really full of it. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the other. <laughs> There's enough grace in you. Power, ability, might, efficiency, and the strength and the ability of God to face whatever you face this week. You wake up Christmas Day, looks different, doesn't matter. You still got enough in you to face the weakness off with the joy unspeakable that's living inside of you. Come on now. You want a miracle in your life? You start doing this, you'll see miracles show up. That might just be why they're not showing up. You can have miracle for bad or miracle for good. Which one you want? Miracle just simply means the supernatural power of God stepping up into your life and making your life different and better than it is. You can have it. Sing with us this morning. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week.